0: A Spotlight Extra today here on KRWC, Adam Austing, a frequent visitor to uh, our Spotlight program, is going to visit with us um, more frequently now during the uh, spring season. Adam is a University of Minnesota Extension agent that serves uh, Wright County through the uh, Wright County office here in Buffalo. Adam, welcome to you.
1: All right, Tim. Thanks for having me.
0: We're going to uh, be kind of frequent uh, visitors here over the next... Uh, a few weeks as we're kind of getting into the thick of the planting season where uh i've mentioned this before but you know the way that the springtime started out it kind of looked like we were going to have an early plant and it, uh, is kind of turning out to be well maybe not quite a late plant yet but certainly later than we thought
1: yeah i mean we're definitely not late right now but uh Things are are kind of moving slow right now, mostly due to the weather we've been having, you know, dry and cool. So um, even stuff that is planted isn't really doing anything right now. A lot of that stuff is just kind of sitting in the ground.
0: Are most people uh, in the region, the Ryan County region, pretty well planted now? I think that you were saying that you kind of thought the big push was going to be this past weekend.
1: Yeah, I think I think really kind of last week was probably your main planting window. Um, and I was out and about this morning a little bit, and um, it looks like most stuff is planted. I would say, you know, probably three-fourths of the fields are planted, and that probably makes up, I don't know, probably, it's hard to guess, but let's say 85 or 90% of our acres. Uh, a lot of the unplanted fields that I saw were tended to be a little bit smaller, it seemed like. The really, really big ones that I drove by uh, looked like pretty much everything, all of those were planted, which kind of makes sense because um, I don't think it's, abnormal for farmers to kind of target those big fields first because they're a lot easier to work with and uh you know that's that's kind of where your money is is in the acres so
0: yeah um i guess one thing that um in some respect has been okay uh lately is the fact that the last you know week or better has been plenty dry for uh, planting but that gets to be a little bit of a nuisance or or counterproductive as time goes on if it stays this way
1: yeah you know we're we at first you know a couple weeks ago we were happy to see that things were drying up because we've been so used to these wet kind of kind of sloppy springs lately so it's been it was kind of a relief to see things uh you know dry up so that we can get in the fields and get field work done but at this point I mean most of the stuff's in the ground and you know, even if you go down a gravel road, you'll notice just how dusty things are right now. So, kicking up a lot of dust when you're pulling equipment through the fields right now. And then, you know, as you get those seeds in the ground, uh, you might have some areas where uh, a few inches down, you might be able to get a little bit of moisture for these for these seeds. Uh, but for the most part, you know, our corn and soybeans are just kind of sitting in the ground and not really doing anything because they don't have any water to take in to start germinating. So, it's, uh, you know... it's on one hand, yeah, we're we're happy that we're not dealing with muddy with muddy fields and bad planting conditions. Uh but on the other hand, you know, we really need some water here soon or we're going to have to start getting kind of concerned um about these seeds that have been sitting in the ground for a couple weeks how they're doing.
0: I don't know how much of a factor it is right here in our immediate area, but boy, some of the bigger fields in other parts of the state um it stays dry and dusty Uh, are we actually losing any soil out of it
1: yeah i mean we're always losing a little bit of soil that's just kind of the reality of of how things work when it gets really dry and you know windy like it's been this spring too so we are always going to be losing a little bit of soil um i have been seeing a decent amount of cover crops it looks like in places so it's good to see that maybe catching on a little bit um to help hold things in place but yeah um we're not dealing with it, with the water erosion and that sort of stuff this spring, but we are dealing with uh, some wind and some dry soil really being picked up very easily and thrown uh who knows how far really the clay particles a lot of times people say well they'll get up into the atmosphere and our clay soils that we got here they uh they might be flying you know thousands of miles to a different part of the world too so um you so it's uh it's kind of it's kind of sad to see you know those dust clouds behind the tractors sometimes but that's just the reality of the weather we're dealing with right now um so it's yeah i guess you can't really you can't really pause um the field work right now either because if we do get rain and things get a little bit wetter like hopefully it does eventually um we don't want to be sitting behind the rain at that point either so
0: I've seen a lot of the big uh, crop sprayers uh, out uh, moving about from field to field of late. How much of that is going on and and how effective is it right now?
1: Yeah, we're still right in the midst of all that sort of application stuff. Um, as far as fertilizers going, uh, sitting on top of the ground, the sun can kind of degrade that a little bit. Uh, but we're not as worried about that sitting on dry ground. One thing that we are kind of getting concerned about, too, with this dryness is or pre-emerge herbicides, and how well they're going to do uh, being activated if they don't have enough water. So basically if there's not enough water in the soil, those pre-emerge herbicides really might not have the same effectiveness that we're used to seeing them have. Um, so that's one thing to definitely keep the uh, keep an eye on this spring as as green stuff starts to pop up.
0: We don't have uh, an overabundance of it in a lot of fields in Ryan County, but there are some areas... I guess mainly kind of to our north and up toward Big Lake that have uh, the irrigation-type systems. Are they actually putting those into work already?
1: Yeah, it sounds like they're using those a little bit, and that's kind of twofold for reasons. Um, Definitely getting some water to those seeds so they can take in a little bit of water and start germinating is one. Uh, But also it sounds like a lot of guys are turning those things on. Uh, just to get that water in the soil for those pre-emerge herbicides that I just mentioned. So, um, just enough to kind of wet things up so that those those uh, chemicals can work for us and actually control the weeds like like we're hoping they do.
0: Before we leave the topic of uh, a lot of field work being done and the fact that there is a lot of um, you know the big sprayers, pretty common sight on some of the uh, highways, especially if if you've got um, adjacent county roads and things like that but other farm machinery too this is really a busy time and we got to share those roadways for now
1: yes definitely that's a that's a very good point tim um you know even oh i can't remember when it was within the last week or so i was i got caught behind a, you know one of it was a really big machine big uh quad track tractor but kind of you know they're obviously still only moving 20 some miles per hour and uh, the line of cars behind me was a little bit more impatient than I was and, you know, maybe maybe took some passes on some iffy parts of the road uh, that I wasn't willing to do. So just a reminder that, you know, even if you have to slow down to, you know, 25 miles per hour behind these machines for a while, um, you know, within a minute or two, you'll be around them and on your way. So um, just be patient and, you know, the way things are looking this spring, hopefully it'll be. Um, more of a condensed season rather than you know long drawn out too so maybe once we get into june and and stuff like that we won't be dealing with quite as much equipment on the roads Uh, but yeah that's that's definitely always something we want to watch out for Um, and then farmers too of course making sure that you're always you know keeping an eye out there what's going on around you when you're on the roads because uh, things can sneak up on you fast when you're when you're in the big equipment like that
0: right then you know it just Stands to reason that uh, you you know the growers can be kind of preoccupied with, you know, what they're going to be doing next, and um, you know where they where the turn is coming up and things like that. So it's um, you know, it it uh, takes two to tango on the roadways.
1: Right, definitely, and and that's you know, it's not all just on the vehicles around the around the machinery. It's also you know the operators inside the tractors and stuff and. You know, 99.9% of the time, our our farmers, our applicators for the co-ops, whatever it might be, are, you know, doing the right thing and are very safe. But uh, just like the people in, you know, in the cars feeling a little bit impatient, um, you know, these these long days and long nights that farmers are working with right now, um, it's not impossible for them to make a mistake either. So uh, just always something we try to keep in people's, you know, kind of the front of their minds this time of year is just always uh, kind of having harder your brain on the on the thought of safety as we're working hard.
0: Adam Austin with the University of Minnesota Extension in Ryan County joining us on a Spotlight Extra today. I want to spend just a second on the um, stand assessments. Um, just talk a little bit about what that means for this spring, and uh, then we'll move on to some of these other topics for today.
1: Yeah, so kind of as I mentioned at the beginning, we're starting to kind of wonder how how these seeds in the ground, these soybeans and the corn, are going to be doing um, that have been there for a couple of weeks in dry ground, and so um, especially as we go more and more days without without considerable rain, um, it's going to be important to get out in those fields and identify those spots that that might not look so great because replanting earlier, if if it's necessary, is always better. So, you know, just remember that too. Um, especially with these dry conditions, it might be kind of spotty too. So as compared to, you know, a couple of years ago when most of our poor-looking spots were kind of drown-out areas and stuff like that, uh, this year it might be a little bit more sporadic and not quite as noticeable from from the road as you drive by or something like that. So um, getting out there and making sure your plant populations are um, where you want them to be or at least close enough to where you want them to be will be important. And that goes for, you know, corn, soybeans, but also... Um, our new alfalfa seedings and stuff like that might be a little spotty too. So um, that's just something to watch out for with all this dry weather.
0: And on the topic of alfalfa, we want to turn our attention to that, uh, talk about the old crop uh, first, and then uh, what's happening with the new crop.
1: Yeah, so the winter was pretty good for our alfalfa. Um, Some spots that were a little more exposed might have got some winter injury when it was really cold in February there for a couple weeks. But for the most part, things are looking pretty good. Um, But now for the last week or so, uh, our alfalfa really has not been putting on much growth at all. It's kind of stalled out um, really anywhere from probably 6 to maybe 10 inches. Um, And really, it kind of seems like things are just running out of water. and And those cool temps don't really help push anything either. So we're not seeing much growth there. I think at this point last year is when we started collecting our uh, samples for our our harvest alert project that we do with alfalfa every spring. Uh, But I don't think I'll be doing that till, well, hopefully by early next week I'll be able to take a sample. But the way it's looking, if we don't get much water, it's still going to be sitting there probably at a pretty short height. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that works. But um, that's kind of what we're worried about now. You might see some frostbitten leaves um, from all the cold temps we've been having the last few weeks here uh, but for the most part that won't cause much of an issue and we're already getting some reports of some some bug issues more so in southern Minnesota uh, where they've gotten a little bit more rain and a little bit more growth so uh, just knowing that those pests are getting kind of active down in the southern part of the state and you know maybe if we catch up on moisture that we'll start to see some of those things move up our way too
0: about corn and beans? What are they up to? I guess it's uh, kind of what we talked about at the beginning. Not too much going on there yet, but most are planted, right?
1: Yep. Like I said, most of our acres are planted. Um, I have not seen any emerged crops yet. It sounds like things are starting to slowly pop out again to to the south of us. Um, But for the most part, you know, in this area, I'd be really surprised to see anything out of the ground And that's kind of twofold obviously we're a little bit behind southern minnesota here but really the thing that's holding us back right now is that moisture so um right now you know i i think we're not you know we're not um in a bad spot yet but if we go another another week plus without considerable rain um that seed's gonna be that seed's gonna be really struggling to stay as vigorous as it was when it first got put in the ground so Um, You know, progress on planting and stuff looks pretty good, um, but as far as how things are going to pop out of the ground and how they're going to look at that point is a little bit more of a question mark. So that's once again getting out there and getting ready to do your stand assessments and stuff like that. And another note, too, with the corn and soybeans, you know, I mentioned the pre-emerge herbicide issues that we might be looking at. Uh, As these seeds sit in the ground for a long time, too, we might lose some of the effectiveness on our insecticides and other seed treatments that we put on our corn and beans. So lots of things potentially that could pop up later this year, depending on how the weather and everything kind of shakes out.
0: It's always kind of a balancing act and a uh, be careful what you wish for too, though, because uh, sometimes when it does start to rain, now we kind of go the other direction and it gets too wet.
1: Right, definitely. And we know what that feeling's like after, you know, what we've been dealing with in past years. So, um, yeah, right now we'll just take any any rain that we can get. Of course, we never want those big four-inch, you know, gully washer type rains. But we need we just need moisture right now. So even if it's a little bit too much, um, I think that's we'll probably be better off than than with nothing at all. Kind of how we have been. So
0: nice, slow, steady rain would be uh, would be perfect for most people, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's that's exactly what we need, something that can really get some water back down into our soil, soil profile and kind of uh, give that some moisture back again. We do, you know, if you look at a freshly tilled field, you can tell it's a little bit darker in a lot of spots. So I think whether it's four inches or six inches down, there's maybe a little bit of moisture left in some of our healthier or uh, heavier fields, I should say. But, you know, we're we're really, really lacking as far as getting these seeds germinated and and getting our spring off to a good start right now.
0: Let's talk about these prices. Boy, we have been hitting some uh, price uh, areas here that have not been seen for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of reasons for that that we're looking at, um, why things are kind of you know, still up so high after a few really good months here. Um, I did look this morning and corn was hovering right around 717 in Howard Lake uh, with only a 7 cent basis, negative 7 cent basis, I should say, um, which is by far the best basis that I've seen since I've started paying attention in the past few years or so. Um, So that's really cool to see for us locally. Uh, That kind of puts us at, you know, the 725 ish range for what it's trading at in Chicago. Um, So things are looking really good there. And then for December, too, you know, looking out for the new crop that will be in, coming in this fall, um, that's already at 620 So So uh, that's that's a really good futures price as well. Uh, so I think a lot of farmers are probably looking to do some contracting and locking in some of those prices for this fall. Uh, and that's probably a smart thing to be looking at doing. Uh, we just got, came out with a couple of resources, I think, today, actually, uh, that kind of explains some of the corn marketing tips or grain marketing in general i should say and making a plan for that down the road Um, also you know it's kind of tough for farmers you know if this dry weather continues it's hard to contract out all of your grain that far if you're not completely sure how much uh, you'll be bringing in so kind of a balancing game for farmers that they're used to playing uh, but either way prices are looking really good right now so even if you know you, if things come back down a little bit in coming months, chances are you could still eventually lock in a good price. Uh, that's a that's better than what you've been getting in past years. So that's really really good to see. And then just another reminder for farmers, for anybody that is still holding grain from from last year's crop. Which congratulations if you are. I don't think there's many farmers out there still holding on to any grain. But if you are, uh, just a reminder that. You always hear people say one of the golden rules of marketing grain is to never is to never hold that grain in your bin beyond July 1st. And now I'm not going to try to get into why that is, uh, but basically over you know looking at the historical way prices work, um, it's very rarely going to pay off you know on the long run to keep things in the bin much beyond July 1st. So just thinking about that, if you if you do still have something in the bin and you know are able to sell. Uh, once again, congratulations because things are are uh, are definitely in the it's a seller's market right now, I guess.
0: And beans are pretty much the same way.
1: Yeah, beans are floating around out of Chicago and right above sixteen dollars uh, this morning. I have written down that it was at sixteen dollars and thirteen cents, uh, and then it, for looking out to December, it's at fourteen twenty. So you know, fourteen dollars is still way way above what we were seeing a year ago when it was well below $10. So um, once again, some really good opportunities here for farmers to to uh, maybe go talk to your elevator or wherever you market your grain through and try to get some of these good prices locked in pretty soon here.
0: Uh, you mentioned a few of the reasons for the strong prices, but maybe you want to just touch on some of those again too. Some of it's globally, isn't it?
1: Yeah, this is definitely, you know, we're looking at the market globally here. So there's a lot of things to take into account Uh, One big thing right now, probably the biggest, you know, most immediate factor is we're dry here, but Brazil's been dry for a long, long time, too. And it sounds like a lot of their crop is really starting to struggle for corn and soybeans. So really not nearly as much grain will be coming out of Brazil and South America as would a lot of years. So that's really having an effect on the supply side of things. And then... You know, as we've been talking about, a bunch of North America too, as we see here locally, is kind of dry. So the weather's playing a big, big factor in this. And then what you do is you couple it with uh, the large demand that we're seeing from China um, as they rebuild, they're still working on kind of rebuilding their pork herd um, from a couple years ago when they had the African swine flu come through. So uh, they're working on, you know, getting a lot of corn and beans back in back into china so that they can feed their animals uh so we're seeing you know it's seen it feels like almost daily huge orders going to china um if you pay attention at all and then you know worldwide too as we kind of as the world kind of comes out of this pandemic uh you know there's just a demand for for food and for food ingredients like like corn and beans so that's why we're seeing uh such high prices right now or some of the reasons why we're seeing such
0: high prices what about on the dairy side of the picture
1: yeah, dairy's looking pretty decent, too. Um, right now, when I looked this morning, it was at eighteen ninety for June milk, so that's pretty good, and I think what I heard is it's kind of holding steady um, within that kind of 18 to $20 range for the next few months here, so that's really good news for our dairy producers. Um, you know, you still might hear some farmers say they want the prices higher to really help with that cash flow side of things, and that That could certainly be true for some farms. Uh, But, you know, still looking back a year or two compared to where we are now, uh, for the most part, we're we're pretty happy with where the milk price is at, too.
0: And finish up maybe with uh, a little bit on wheat prices.
1: Yeah, so there has been some small grains popping out of the ground that I saw this morning and driving around. So um, for anybody that is growing some wheat, those prices are looking just as strong as as corn and soybeans uh, trading for today uh, was 767, and then looking out into the future in December was 747. So really strong long-range prices too with wheat. So definitely a good market to be in. Too. Uh you know, that's up a couple bucks from usually it's floating down closer to five. You know, earlier this year, or a year ago, before this big jump happened. So great, great markets for pretty much every every sector of of our of our crops right
0: now. Adam Austin, our guest on a Spotlight Extra. We're going to hear Adam again next Tuesday, the 18th, for his regular visit. I would think between now and then maybe we'll have some things coming into a little better focus on um, where we're at as far as uh, moisture and, and hopefully something will have turned by that time.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I think if we're back, you know, if I'm back here in about a week and we're still talking about how it hasn't rained, uh, we're only, it's going to be kind of the same conversation, just a little bit more real. So really there's not a ton happening out in the field right now because everything's just kind of sitting there dry. It's kind of It's kind of the theme of what's going on right now. And we had our we have a team of educators that meet on Monday mornings and we kind of just talk through everything that's going on around the state crop wise. Um, and really that's kind of been the theme of the whole state as things are dry and not a ton is happening because there's just no water to push things along. So that's, that's kind of where we're sitting. And, and one thing too, that I should mention for any farmer agronomist, anybody that's just interested in keeping up with how things are looking around the state uh, we do have the strategic farming field notes program going on right now so that's uh, just every Wednesday morning at 730 a.m we just get together for a half an hour um, kind of have a couple featured speakers that kind of talk about some of the hot topics that we're seeing around the state at the time and then we kind of just it's a time to just ask questions and kind of give updates um, on how things are looking in different areas of the state so really really good uh, program there for anybody that, that works closely with crop production on the, on a daily basis.
0: All right, and in the meantime, if they uh, develop some questions here in the next few days, where do they get a hold of you?
1: Uh, you can send me an email at Austin, so a-a-u-s-t-i-n-g at umn.edu, or call my cell phone or text works to 320-249-5929.
0: Adam Austin on a Spotlight Extra today here on KRWC. We're going to uh, visit with Adam here on a fairly frequent basis over the next few weeks as we get some critical uh, timing issues here for the uh, spring of 2021. Adam, thanks for your time, and we'll talk to you again uh, early next week.
1: All right. Thanks for having me, Tim.
0: That's a Spotlight Extra for today on KRWC.